Expressing yourself can be done in many ways. A person can dance, write, sing, draw and even talk. But ever wondered what is the philosophy or concept behind it? Like what is even philosophy? I don't know if I go on this road I will get confused. So I thought of having a chat with an expert in my podcast and I got Shotarupa who is a counseling psychologist and expressive art based therapist. and we spoke about bunch of topics like philosophy art therapy and many more this is anirudh talk of thought we'll start right about hello shotarupa thanks for coming in the podcast thank you anirudh so how are you doing i'm doing very well how are you i'm great and excited and want to learn a lot of things today i have a lot of doubts actually ओकेरपी and i see clients who are struggling um a little bit uh, with their mental health so say depression anxiety ocd uh, relationship problems work problems uh, all of that so maybe uh, mostly stress stress induced issues mm-hmm. right so that's the kind of clients i see oh uh, wow yeah. actually right now you know this is a time when most of the people started talking about mental health issues mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. things right so we can actually yeah. go through all those so why don't we start it like instead of like a mm-hmm. real professional podcast why don't we make it like a personal conversation like you start off with your absolutely. early classes how you got into all this mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so uh, uh to be very honest i started So when I was in class nine, I was very sure that I want to do something with uh, music, philosophy, and psychology. These were my broad themes, and luckily enough, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Uh, so I guess I I'm very lucky in that sense that somehow um, I got to do what I want to do. And uh, let me also talk about my teenagers and how. Yeah. that came about uh my personal story is somewhat so i i was a, i was quite a rebellious kid when i was <laughs> in my teenage years so i rebelled like a lot uh, everything every, every, my... every person who loves <laughs> philosophy is a rebel <laughs> yes i guess so <laughs> so uh what used to happen is everything that my parents used to say i would i would question it essentially i would first question it because uh you grow up thinking that your parents know everything and suddenly you realize okay maybe they don't and that's essentially what happened and in class 9 i started rebelling and i think uh to be very honest i was quite arrogant i was very arrogant about my choices that this is what i'm going to do and no questions asked uh 
so uh, somehow yeah that i just i guess the arrogance kind of kept me going i was very confident about my choices uh even uh, like in 11 12 i took humanities because i knew that i wanted to study psychology i'm very happy that uh, now the government like they have changed the structure of science commerce arts and like if you want to study psychology with biology or something else you can do that which is brilliant uh during our time you couldn't do that you had to choose a humanities to st- uh, study psychology um so yeah i i took that up uh so in class 11 12 i uh, i studied psychology then uh in my bachelor's i studied philosophy uh, from miranda house and then in masters i uh, i took up psychology again then i did a uh, uh, unesco cid course on uh, expressive arts based therapy that's where i have my license from and yeah this now i'm here <laughs> so actually you know whenever we talk about philosophy and all like why should a person read philosophy because you know if a person says something mm-hmm. and we establish it there would be some other mm-hmm. person coming and telling something completely different yeah uh see i think uh, let's define philosophy a little bit here i think that would answer the question a little i feel yeah, yeah. uh so philosophy is deep thinking about anything right and yeah. deeply and within philosophy so even if i say that uh for example um so there is there are so many theories about god or say uh, just existence like human beings are good or human beings are bad and uh human beings respond to this thing and not that thing these are all theories they all need to come from uh deeper thinking so when when we give hypotheses also mm-hmm. it's not just like exact uh, like you just think about it and you just throw it out you really deeply think about it you take your time with it and you philosophize around it uh right so philosophy is important because i feel a a lot of them can exist at the same time you mm-hmm. will argue with each other of course but you will be able to like the fact that you are a philosopher make will make you sort of um okay with the fact that other philosophies can can exist uh so this uh, it makes you a uh, especially at the time of, during the time of pandemic uh, philosophy kind of makes you comfortable with the unknown the uncertainty k it's okay this is how far i know and i can i can think about the future but i i am not 100% scientifically uh, i may not be scientifically completely factual about my future but it really makes you comfortable with uh, uncertainty it makes you comfortable with that state of flux ke abhi everything is not set in its pattern and that's okay okay but uh, like when we talk about philosophy the like you know we have uh, few philosophies that are uh, like right now we are learning a lot about it like we can listen mm-hmm. a lot about stoicism mm-hmm. we can we can listen a lot about you know uh, 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 victor frankl wrote a book called a man search for meaning and in in it it has yeah. about logotherapy correct yeah so like these are few things that we listen a lot and then comes an another person like albert camus who kind of mm-hmm. proposed 
through his book, The Outsider or anything that uh, life doesn't really have to have a certain meaning or something like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. which type of philosophy do you agree a lot or uh, you leave your life in that pattern? I don't think I have one, very frankly. I am I'm very comfortable shifting and being fluid uh regarding my philosophy whatever so for example i'll be very honest i i was very much into postmodernism uh like in uh during my say when i was in my early 20s oh, and what now is postmodernism right so postmodernism so the funda is that uh knowledge is not fundamental fundamental no nothing is fundamental essentially no human experience nothing is fundamental there is no universal truth knowledge is localized everyone has their own context and has their own knowledge and uh, truth again truth huh. is also personalized oh. um so i was a fan of that theory but i enjoyed that theory i, I would say I, i enjoyed that theory but then now i see the sort of the flip side of that concept because because now we can see the evils of fake news everyone personalizing their opinions as truth yeah. and uh, you know how that really leads to the breakdown of the society we can literally see it falling apart because everyone thinks their opinion is the truth and that's it but if your opinion is harmful to someone else uh, we need some amount of consensus i'm not saying that we have to come to one definite truth Mm-hmm. but we need some amount of consensus jaise uh, 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 uh is it if it's okay i'll talk about the whole sudarshan upsc jihad kind of a thing is that okay with you yeah 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 i'm completely okay with it yeah so for example that right like uh, uh this channel just suddenly came up uh, saying uh, talking about how uh, muslims are um what is they are doing some jihad in upsc exam and see that is that could be their truth right but mm. it is not the truth and uh, i think allowing this amount of personalization of knowledge is harmful because you will come from a lot of biases you will come from a lot of uh, a lot of uh, contacts which may not be the case and like just saying that uh, you know uh, muslims are uh, number one they are insulting the institution of upsc in itself right that yeah. there is some bias they, they are doing some something wrong uh, by allowing candidates of a certain religion who should not be there a b they they are putting some amount of blame uh, into these um, into uh, this cat, uh, this kind of people who have like who have studied and who have actually prepared for the exam and passed the exam and you're discrediting their entire experience and entire hard work by just by the virtue of their religion that this just could not be according to you this just could not be and so it may, it should it probably is not yeah. so that that a uh, personalization of knowledge and then sharing of that knowledge is very harmful right yeah. 
i guess i guess mm-hmm. because of the conditioning of a person they have mm. a preconceived notion about something and they think that that is the truth because uh, uh, they will mm. be biased towards themselves like if this happens to me then they mm-hmm. can't empathize with the fellow muslim or anyone so mm-hmm. they, the way they are conditioned the way the way they are brought up they just think that they are wrong like absolutely uh, that's the reason right we are always label uh, like all terrorists are from pakistan like that is false mm. but we just think that uh, this is a particular thing promoting something else i guess and mm-hmm. i have this question always that is it possible to break our conditioning it's tough okay uh, so not really everyone will be conditioned in some way it is not possible to completely remove conditioning Hmm. but i think i feel i personally feel that some things in the society needs hmm. to at least reach some amount of consensus not everything so for example the favorite type of juice that you like need not have like a oh, there is this one perfect type of juice and everyone should like that type of juice hmm. that can be a personal choice but when it comes to what kind of a leader should lead us uh, what what do we consider scientific truth what do we consider to be uh, you know uh, for example uh, for example when you fly uh, when you fly aeroplane hmm. there are certain facts right like some nobody just comes and says okay uh, allah is helping me here or uh, ram is helping me here no there are hmm. no different different funda when it comes to flying an aeroplane there is just one truth yeah. right hmm. so Uh, that's about it like there certain things in the society need to need to have uh, you know uh, healthy and uh, very systematic and very clear discussions very clear communication otherwise can be like very personal choices oh. others can be right so i i do see that, that distinction Okay. Yeah. So any time, like uh, when you were uh, in teenage or adult, in teenage you mm-hmm. had a particular notion about something. You had one mm-hmm. truth, and now you completely disagree with what happened. Like you know what you used to tell in past. Is it any time mm-hmm. this thing happened? Like uh, you are be you are being a paradox to yourself. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I don't I don't think you are growing unless you are actually proving yourself wrong. Uh, <laughs> and i think i launched this from uh, malcolm gladwell he does that a lot uh, that uh, he, he writes books and i think this is another thing it's uh, intellectual humi- humility yeah. that to be okay being wrong and mm. yet being confident enough to say what you feel right now and maybe allowing yourself the uh, space to uh come back and correct yourself or in the future you correct yourself so malcolm gladwell does that so well he's such a famous writer yeah, yeah. he's such a right and he writes books and then in the next book he dis- like he says okay what i wrote is shit this is the new thing now so yeah, yeah. Is- <laughs> i i saw i read yeah. this book called the outliers and then in this mm-hmm. book of uh, talking to strangers he kind of contradicted his own book in the outliers exactly. the point he made and i really liked it because uh, I feel mm-hmm. that when you accept your own mistakes and insecurities, no one can use mm-hmm. it against you. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think this is something. Uh, I love Malcolm Gladwell for this. Like, I think I don't know anyone else uh, who is this famous and who does this so so actively. I mean, if you if uh, if you read old uh, philosophies, uh, philosophers, and 
most of them like live their entire life defending one philosophy that they've come up with and because that's how we used to judge like the society also used to judge intellectuals okay if you've written this you have to stand by it and uh, that need not be the case like if i've written this now so for example 2020 i think a certain way enough come up because this is the maximum i can know in 2020 maybe in 2025 i can know more and i can add to this knowledge or change this knowledge and edit that knowledge so allowing that space is very very important uh, and i feel that uh, when a person reads a book or a person follows a particular religion they kind of mm-hmm. taken an assumption that whatever that person is telling is completely true and they, mm-hmm. and, and 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 when that person wrote a particular thing and the scenarios that you are going through right now might be completely different like uh, kofana in wrote in his book uh, representation of will as a representation mm-hmm. something and i read that book and kind of make my assumption and thinking pattern in this way might be mm-hmm. completely wrong for me right because what he wrote at his time mm-hmm. would be completely different with his own biases and his own conditioning what I, and even it happens with religion also that's the reason uh, the main point of religion to spread love and uh, you know affection mm-hmm. has gone and instead there is more hatred like we're telling mine absolutely. is the best other is the best so right mm-hmm. so what does actually you know there are few people who can question and there mm-hmm. are few people who like when a person reads something like the reason i started reading philosophy the reason i started loving those books was because uh, i didn't follow what they wrote because mm-hmm. I, i i read karl marx and then i read ayn rand both say mm-hmm. the opposite <laughs> stuff one is yeah one is communism <laughs> yeah and another is uh, capitalism but yes. the, the, the thing i like is the way they think the way they mm-hmm. prove their point like when i read karl marx i'm actually like oh communism is the right thing and then i mm. go to ayn rand directly i'm like no capitalism and then mm-hmm. i just let my thoughts to like fight with each other and uh, mm-hmm. like like when did you read philosophy books like uh, how did it, that journey started uh again i think i started in class 9 10 only uh, i started with that book sophie to all yeah uh, yeah and then i think um and then it just slowly became uh like i just started uh, i i don't think i read uh, books on philosophy until i went to college i i basically read philosophies like uh, on the internet after i read sophie's world i basically started uh, reading a lot of uh, greek philosophy and uh, i think i just mostly focused on greek philosophy for a long long time mm-hmm. and uh, um and uh, my one of my mamas in fact he is quite into philosophy as well so we used to have a lot of discussions on this like imagine I, when i was in like class 2 or 3 he just came and asked me who are you <laughs> and like <laughs> i'm i'm the <laughs> class 2 but i know okay i'm chatter but i'm deciding and just to be oh uh, no no who are you and like what are you doing to me <laughs> so <laughs> from a very early age i think like asking questions about your existence became a thing for me just you know just just asking and maybe very silly questions i i i'm not saying like oh i was like a full on philosopher when i was in class 2 <laughs> but uh, 
I'm just asking questions of I remember like looking at my body and where does it start and where does it end and asking questions about all of this and like <laughs> materialism and all of this so uh i think that nature kind of uh, got set in when i was very young because because of the family i'm from probably and uh, then of course more formal education happened uh, when i went to college uh, well i actually studied philosophy in a very very structured manner uh uh and uh, um, yeah yeah pretty much that so go on sorry yeah so when a person reads philosophy like you had your formal education with it right like you actually mm-hmm. read and took the course so do you think that there was a particular change like i don't think mm-hmm. so that just because you read like you go to a course it doesn't really influence you unless and until you actually int- show interest mm-hmm. in that participate in it right. so right. after right. going through the bachelor course after reading all philosophy what in your personality has changed Oh, a lot, a lot. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think, to be very honest, so I'm, I'm, I'm not saying just the cost, but of course, I'm. I think the age also matters. That mm. age, from say seventeen to twenty, or twenty twenty one, you go through a lot of changes. You are finally out of your home, living by yourself. That is another. That is a thing. But like the cost. I think when I was studying, I was just flabbergasted the entire time. <laughs> just, so I used to be an atheist until I went to college, and I remember, for example, I I remember uh, studying about uh, brain in a vat. So brain in a vat, uh, the concept is that uh, your since we are product of our brain. uh and neurology essentially then we could very well be just a simulation our experiences could very well be a simulation and someone like a scientist could just have our brain in a vat and just uh, you know simulate all the experiences that we are having right oh, now oh. is it <laughs> like it's like the neuralink project yeah sort of so it's basically basically matrix actually like matrix also did that and yeah hmm. neuralink also uh, the other way around basically yeah, right yeah yeah um so uh, so i think that's when uh, like until then i was very arrogant about oh there's no god there's nothing this is it this is it this is it but uh, i think when i studied that uh, i became a little more open to the concept that no i won't say god god but that this may not be it like there could be more things there could be uh, like a higher intelligence or maybe uh, an intelligence who, who, who don't even care about us maybe we are the life in that intelligence head uh, so just like i started thinking a little more so that is one like uh, i think this this one was like a the, one of the most significant changes which carried on uh, other than that say oh then studying i think when i studied vedanta philosophy i again got flabbergasted completely uh so vedanta philosophy talked about uh, uh you know uh, singularity of existence so brahma brahma uh, which means that we are all basically one like uh, and the fact that we separate ourselves from the other is a product of ignorance 
So, uh, and which is true. Like, I, I mean, the categorization that we come up with, and if we, if if we don't name something else, it, we tend to not perceive something else as something else if we don't have a name or categorization or visually think that it is different, right? Like we actually don't think. So it really hit me because Brahman uh, essentially means oneness, and uh, and uh, you know, so that's where I get that that's the Vedanta philosophy. And because regular people won't get it, they change the word Brahman to Ishwar so that people would understand it. And that's where it comes from, the word uh, Ishwar. So, like, there is a, every religion has, like, a very nice philosophy to it. But to make it, you know, commercial, they change it into something very, very dirty, I feel. And something very... I don't know, very reductive and just, I mean, I, I find it unnecessary. But anyway, that is my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, completely <laughs> yeah. true, no, because uh, yeah. when, when when we look at Lord Ram or uh, any mm-hmm. any any of the uh, like Hindu deities I'm talking about, mm-hmm. we, when we look at them, the main reason I feel that when a person goes to temple is not just to, you know, bow their heads, but instead mm-hmm. when they go, they can actually kind of rewind the story of that person who was so humble instead of being mm-hmm. a king, but even though he was sent to a vanvas, but later when he came, he didn't have any hatred towards his stepmom and mm. he was that good but on his issue only we are fighting like crazy in, in India. Exactly, exactly and I mean that's what I, I like I said uh, I think similar to the concept where you know certain uh, arenas in our life should be dealt by science mm. and certain so I find God as a very good concept for in a, on a therapeutic level. Like as a as a therapeutic level, if you believe in God, it's like for some people it's very easy. Like and everyone need not be like that uh, critical of existence and what yeah. is happening. You can have faith in something. Okay, somebody is taking care of me and just go on, right? So on that level, I think religion can be helpful and is helpful. I see. Like uh, I'll be very honest. Like I've seen so many clients. Uh, who have and um, not just like just psychiatric issues, but uh, oncology, like cancer issues, cardiology issues, and just based on a bit of faith on their God and praying every day and all of this has helped them sort of overcome a lot of obstacles in their life. So religion does have value in in some ways, but draw lines. Right, like we don't bring science in to decide which kind of ice cream should I eat. We should not take religion to decide what kind of politicians should we have, what kind of, <laughs> you know, like all of these things. Yeah, the thing is, we mm. kind of uh, do it in a reverse way, like where we have to mm. put logic, we put emotions. Where we are supposed to put emotions, we try to insert <laughs> logic. Yes, yes, and. And uh, again, I'm I'm an I don't think I'm an atheist anymore. But I don't believe in religion and God as such. Like I don't think praying is something that helps me. Uh, but I do see value in it. So I mean, let's not take that away. I don't. I think the moment we talk about uh, so this is a state. Like this is what secularism is. Right? The state 
state and the religion should not be uh, should not be the same they need to be separated right and i think state needs to run based on more secular lines which is like you know what does the government do they take care of people in terms of their uh, finances they take care of people in terms of like the housing that they have they should and economy that we run all of these aspects they really need not take care of a temple is my i think my voice yeah, yeah yeah it's completely true because uh, when we have a government which uh, like instead of impressing us through their words or you know instead of using strong and fallacies they should mm. actually try to tell the current problems and try to solve it in that way yes yes Yeah, absolutely and because that because mm-hmm. uh, the reason is that because everything is interrelated the advertisement the movies we watch mm-hmm. every government the news we listen everything kind of condition conditions us right mm-hmm. and, exactly and mm-hmm. i feel that uh, i had this question a long back that uh, right now the awareness about mental health issues or the people going to depression or everything is way higher mm-hmm. compared to the olden days like uh, this was uh, not that really that is not true that so, is not exactly true but go on anirudh i'm sorry i interrupted you no 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 uh-huh. i know that this time we get to know more about because of news mm. like uh, we have more sources to collect information and uh, we are getting those information about the people suffering from mental health issues depression and all those things but mm-hmm. at past when resources weren't there most of the mm-hmm. resources like hospitals were not there transportation wasn't there and awareness among the individuals wasn't there a lot of casteism everything were there relating mm-hmm. that time to this time when we have technology we have transportation we have hospitals we have educated people too having this mm-hmm. many benefits right now but still why are people going through many different issues mental health issues or crisis uh okay so i uh, i think it's a myth that we believe that people in the earlier times did not face mental health issues and uh, we are facing it more than uh, they used to mm-hmm. uh because um because very frankly uh, uh if you look at institutionalized um, schizophrenia so there is a type of like a very severe type of schizophrenia have has stopped existing altogether now like m- mostly because we have started to care about mental health at an earlier age itself like an earlier stage itself so uh people don't even become that sick so earlier we would only care about people who are like absolutely going bonkers so we would only call them say uh you know only give them treatment but right now treatment starts at an earlier stage itself so if, if for example low mood low productivity or extreme stress extreme all of these Mm-hmm. So we we start to cater to clients right away there is treatment plan for them as oh. well earlier we didn't have that earlier uh, you had to really really um, uh, sort of exactly like you know have major major episodes mm-hmm. and then you would get help so because now we have attended so long genuinely like a type of uh, disorder has has almost stopped existing which is which is great right like we we are we are able to 
help people at an earlier stage uh, uh, which really reduces your chances of going that catatonically or you know that severely yeah. uh, um, you know um, insane got it so mm-hmm. right now when we talk about depression or anxiety a lot mm-hmm. of people have misconceptions about uh, you know this different issues like can you mm-hmm. tell what actually is depression and what actually is anxiety okay okay i think one thing we should also differentiate between is mental health does not just mean depression and anxiety hmm. uh, there is like a lot of uh, there are many many disorders yeah. it's a huge huge book uh, if you want to read there is dsm there is icd uh, we, in india we follow both of them yeah. it depends on the institution that you're in so dsm is a diagnostic statistical manual mm. and uh, icd is your international uh, uh, what is the c i think categorization of diseases okay uh, yeah um uh, so you can l- look into all of uh, these two so they cover all of it so uh, basically there are many many kinds of and uh, depression and the anxiety depression and anxiety are the most common ones because it is stress induced and it's the early stage uh, issue that is very noticeable so uh, depression simply uh there are nine there are nine symptoms to be uh the nine symptoms of depression and you can be diagnosed with depression if you have any four to five of them for two weeks straight mm. so uh so for example uh, low mood is one uh, low self esteem suicidal ideation uh change in diet change in sleep pattern um and then uh, a hopelessness worthlessness feelings uh, of such so um, if you have been feeling like this way for consistently every day like for two weeks you will be diagnosed with depression uh and uh, and anxiety mm-hmm. anxiety is anxiety is little different so anxiety is um, so actually feeling uneasy feeling like you're losing your mind feeling like you're losing control almost feeling like you're going crazy but when you're not like uh, so for example uh, um you have uh, what should i say like you have an exam and it may not even be like a major exam like one unit test in your school and you freak out so much that you start to faint or like you are uh, you know you just start uh, uh just being extremely stressed about it so uh during that unit test or not even that I, i think let's take the example of just going to a party there are a lot of people who have social anxiety yeah, like like yeah. Uh, got it even you, on stage when they asked to come and talk on stage they feel stage fright yes so anxiety is something so for example if you uh, i go to a party and uh, even if i have a good time i still fear to go to another party the next time i have anxiety so even if there is an evidence of you having a good time it still doesn't change the perception that something will go wrong something is just not right uh, uh i will be made fun of i will be embarrassed uh, i do, i i wouldn't know how to talk to people i wouldn't know what to say so all of these things so overthinking so when you are in a party essentially you kind of have to 
get out of yourself and be part of this group right and and you become anxious when you are too much within yourself you start thinking and questioning everything that you're saying everything that you're doing how you're standing what you're wearing so there is a lot of thought within instead of outside like there is a lot of action which is happening inside instead of outside so that is essentially anxiety and uh, just you know like and people with anxiety everyone has faced stressful uh, you know has been stressed at some point right yeah, so yeah. being stressful does not mean that you have anxiety disorder everyone gets stressed for example during board exams everyone has been stressed um if there is a major uh, uh, interview you will be stressed uh, if there is like a very special date that you're going on you will be stressed but imagine feeling that way consistently every day without no reason at all so that becomes anxiety disorder uh, when hmm. so when so depression can be easily okay so anyone who goes through a breakup are more than 2 weeks are diagnosed with depression no 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 okay uh, so uh, okay something there is something called the biopsychosocial model okay. okay so if there is a social event that has happened hmm. right if there is an event that has happened so for example if, if your uh, like your partner past like hmm. breakup happens or your uh, someone your mother or yeah. father passes you will be sad longer than two weeks yeah. right so that is grief that is bereavement plus grief it looks a lot like depression but it is not depression because it is as a response to an external event there is it it is caused by something externally but depression is for example even after three months of grief if you still feel this way then it would be considered depression okay. because by then naturally most people sort of start to move away from these feelings not completely but slowly mm. they start to move away but if you still continue uh, you will be considered then the diagnosis would be depression okay so therapy helps both the people who went through an external trigger and also something happened internal to yes yes so psychology so internal are uh, two things one is your uh, biology and psychology so psychology so someone can be depressed because of maladaptive thinking which is like uh, for example uh, having certain cognitive distortions which is uh, you know problematic thinking simply put problematic thinking okay so uh, always thinking if some uh, if someone says one good thing they are the best person ever and if someone says a bad thing they are just a bad person so black and white thinking uh, can take you towards depression because your judgment is very uh, you know judgment of of the world and people around you is a little off uh you and then uh, thinking that you have uh, there is uh, then fallacy of control fallacy of control is that somebody else is controlling everything i have no control or i control everything so when you figure out that okay you cannot control everything you start to become depressed that mm-hmm. oh, like uh, all of these things so there are like a lot of uh, maladaptive thinking 15 there are 15 basic ones hmm so this is where cognitive behavior therapy works so we actually change 
you know, we find out the maladaptive thinking. We figure out the core belief behind it. How did it come into being? And then we change it. We so, when a, when a, when a, when a, when you receive a client or a patient comes to you uh, in CBT, cognitive behavior mm-hmm. therapy, how is it diagnosed? Like so. Di- uh see okay so diagnosis there are two ways uh mm. one one is we go through an assessment so a clinical psychologist will do an assessment uh so have you heard of raw shark test uh, uh things like that no no uh, uh okay so uh, there are multiple assess uh, like assessments basically diagnostical tools that we have so mm. they go through that uh if it is like a lower level of uh, you know again l- like a lower level of uh, stress or something like that then uh, we just check if uh, it uh, matches the dsm or the icd category uh, symptoms and if it's more massive more major then they go through uh, an assessment okay so the psychologist mm-hmm. and the psychiatrist work together and then solve an issue yeah so first you yeah first first there is an assessment we figure out what is the diagnosis and uh, there are certain clients uh, uh, with whom like we don't completely share their diagnosis because just the knowledge can also uh, you know uh, harm harm their uh, uh, treatment but we share it with most people like 90 98% of the clients we do share it with. okay okay so how does uh, the art therapy like now can you please tell about <laughs> yeah, how yeah. does your job work yeah all right so art therapy uh, okay so i think i talked about how i always wanted to do something with music yeah yeah so expressive arts based therapy includes visual art it includes music it includes dance it includes photography drama everything everything that you can think of any artistic technique which helps in expression is part of it so uh that's basically the model and uh what we do is we um so when you think of therapy most people think of this old person old uncle sitting and one couch and somebody lying <laughs> down and talking right that's true. uh <laughs> doctor so, themselves have a picture of being old putting a stethoscope and then talking to you seriously <laughs> I just scared that you don't want to tell your problem to them because they hate you. Hate <laughs> you? No. Yeah. So that is that is the uh, common image, I think. Yeah. But uh, in expressive artistic therapy, it's freer, much freer. Uh, I sometimes don't even keep tables and chairs in my room because I want us to sit on the floor and move around, dance around, whatever is required. Um, so uh, it's a lot more freer and uh, it's uh, just talking is not like so communication just english or hindi or kannada we don't just use these languages we use the language of art we use the language of music so there is an addition there's another dimension mm-hmm. to it uh, with music and with art and Uh, essentially we allow ourselves to understand so okay something very simple that and this is why expressive arts based therapy works so well with trauma mm. so when when someone goes through trauma there is some there's a part in the brain called broca's area which is responsible for speech and that gets affected a lot when someone has trauma so uh, uh, most people 
cannot articulate their trauma traumatic experience very well. But when we use uh, art, they are more they are able to express those events in a more cohesive manner, in an, in a more simpler manner, and externalize their pain, externalize their trauma. So this is why it works a very well with tra trauma uh, like trauma clients. It works. Uh, uh, it works very well with borderline uh, personalities, like personality disorders. It works well with ADHD kids. It works with uh, autism. autism. Uh, yes, autism. Because again, they don't have language, so well, we have to bring in uh, other elements. So uh, this is where it works, and with depression, anxiety, of course, again, because depression, maybe you have struggle uh, articulating and just defining what is going on you it, it it becomes much easier to just like uh paint it off or just get sometimes i just we just put some um you know chart papers on the wall and have you know fill our uh, hands with colors and just paint all over the wall that's it and just choose the colors that's all you need to do and move however you want to move um so just you know using your entire body and getting and this is something very important in art therapy that you use your entire body it's not just uh, uh, your mind that you're using you're using your body to relax we use movement therapy uh, we identify where the pain lies we identify where the stress lies and releasing those those like places from wow. stress. So how can we yeah. identify it without going through any diagnosis process, like scientific <laughs> diagnosis? Like how can we understand that a particular uh, type of pain that a person is going through? How can we know that? Mm -hmm. So, okay, diagnosis is not very important in the kind of therapy that I do. Hmm. Uh, uh, that is uh, that is only if the uh, case is severe. So I, I see most of my clients, in fact, uh, they are not uh, clinically clinically ill, mm. uh, but uh, they have. Uh, so, for example, they have more depressive ten uh, tendencies than depression itself. Mm. So maybe there is three three of the symptoms that are existing, but no more than that. So uh, the, uh, diagnosis is not a very core part of the work that I do. Of course, there there is. Uh, a personality outline there is a case outline formulation mm -hmm. that happens but like clinically clinical illness is not part of my work clinical illness would be part of a clinical psychologist's work oh, right yeah. Uh, yeah i do i do the counseling psychology i do the therapy part of it right so um anyway so uh even so everyone even i go through a lot of these these activities that uh, our therapy gives us and I come up with newer activities as well and I myself indulge in it so it is useful for everyone it is useful for just well-being okay. uh, right so some you can just like imagine like going to a gym or like going to a physiotherapist kind of a thing that you do for your body this yeah. is that for your mind. That actually, people, yeah. uh, actually, when I, I know this, like when you told, right, when you try to move mm -hmm. your whole body and when you try to put mm -hmm. it in action, we leave, then I have like this doubt that mm -hmm. uh, when a person goes through a depression or any type of breakup, what they do mm -hmm. is they try to tell to go to gym or to work out or to mm -hmm. play sports because uh, at that time you try to achieve some goal 
and you mm-hmm. improve and make feel good about yourself absolutely and absolutely, and, yeah. and when we do this art this art therapy that you mentioned like if you draw something if you want to sing something but at mm-hmm. that state of mind when a person is going through a trauma will mm-hmm. he like when like drawing a picture or singing a song would actually help them so okay art therapy does not just mean like singing a song so the techniques are very specific hmm. uh so um let me give you an example uh so for example uh there is this activity that we do uh which is real real self social self warrior self so imagining yourself in these three spectrums there is a social self which looks like a certain way there is a real self which looks like a certain way the warrior self which looks like a certain way and you work through each one of them you build each one of them right and drawing again uh, something that we again repeat a lot is it's about the process not the product hmm. your drawing can be a stick figure it doesn't matter but it's the process that you go through when you think about your real self who is the real self and how do you differentiate that real self from the social self how do you differentiate the social self from the warrior self so that identification of the warrior in you the social person in you all of these things help you know yourself better and uh, uh, subsequently make makes you Uh, makes your behavior a lot more controlled you will be able to control your behavior much more you will be able to control your thoughts much more how you think about certain things better and you will be uh, uh, be able to understand your emotions also much better mm-hmm. so it just holistically makes you sort of uh, someone who knows themselves and someone who knows what he is doing so that is the entire process okay so uh, so doing these things actually p- people who have problem you know some people like too controlling or too possessive people when they try to go through this like if they do this things by themselves mm-hmm. they can actually understand their own insecurities they had because uh, i feel most of our behavior may also be a product of uh, what we did in our childhood like a very bad experience we mm. forgot but still that impact would be there still now absolutely absolutely so childhood trauma and behavioral patterns how how you responded to your parents you will you will carry that behavior to your bosses as well because the same authoritative figure so uh, if you've never worked through your say uh, your teenage issues where you rebelled and you are in your 20s and you're still rebelling it, it is not functional for you uh so all of these things uh, you have to resolve because you do carry forward so your relationship with your mother can impact your relationship with your partners how 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 you deal with your partners and how you see them so all of these things need to be at the least brought to consciousness yeah, and then worked on yeah, yeah that's true and can mm-hmm. we do an a little activity or a therapy session now Is it possible? Sure, sure. Yes, of course. I think let's do a body map. Okay. Uh, since we did talk about body and what all that is, yeah. so let's do a body map. Um, well, I'm so bad at drawing, so better we don't. So am I. So am I. Okay. <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter. Like I told you, it's about the process, not the product. 
and i'm yeah. terrible at art i'm absolutely terrible at art no. actually uh, i thought of posting this thing after the podcast is uploaded but <laughs> since you told the name itself i'm not doing this i'm just doing it for myself yeah yeah <laughs> do it for, but like what do, what do you mean like you're not going to post the photo yeah yeah i thought that i will post it after we are done but <laughs> since you told it's a body map i can't put it why this. not why not i'll tell you it's going to be easy don't worry about it okay okay so okay. we'll start all right okay so first close your eyes we'll hmm. walk through hmm. your body and then we'll put it on the paper okay all right so take a deep breath stretch okay mm-hmm. stretch out as much you can so that all those cracks happen okay, i can't talk now <laughs> all right take a deep breath in with your nose and out with your mouth yeah yeah all right now just focus on the top of your head observe how it feels uh, yeah and slowly move to your forehead just observe your forehead is there a color that comes to you when you're focusing here what is the feeling that comes to you I guess I didn't read. Mm-hmm. Now move to the back of your head. How does that feel? Uh, It's okay. You don't have to tell me right now. Just make note of it. Mm-hmm. Move to your neck. Mm-hmm. Your shoulders. Mm-hmm. your face how your cheeks behave your jawline is your tongue touching the roof relax your jaw and move to your chest bring your focus to your shoulder blades how does that feel if there is any pain stretch it out down your spine your hips your lower back focus on that how does it feel does it feel stiff does it feel easy focus on your arm your thigh only bring your focus back to your finger mm. 
and observe how it feels. Does it feel like it has a strict boundary or does it feel like it's in a cloud? Bring your focus slowly to your knees. Mm. Your shin, your calves. Your ankles. And finally, your toes. Take one last deep breath and as you inhale, tighten your entire body. And as you exhale, relax. Brilliant. Now, from whatever you've made note of your own body, just mm -hmm. draw an outline of the body and just color it in. How each part of you feels. Yeah. I draw an alien. <laughs> Is that how your body feels right now? No, not actually. Actually, I, the, my drawing skills went wrong, but not exactly. Like, but mm -hmm. uh, when you told that, you know, concentrate on the forehead like when you told me to concentrate on the fingers at that time when you told when i have to concentrate on the forehead i actually felt uh, a little you know something is a, a thorn or something is like you know picking mm -hmm. it so like the red color was coming up and then when yeah. you told to concentrate on the head it was you know some uh, i don't know why but till the head part it was all about red and uh not mm -hmm. that feel good emotion, but when I tried mm -hmm. to breathe out and when I came to my over lower body and all, it felt nice. Nice. Oh. It felt relaxed. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you can do that. Like maybe even the after the podcast yeah. session, you can make that drawing of how it felt. This represents how, what your, and you can also analyze a little bit. Why does your head feel this red and horny right now? Maybe yeah. because you are conducting this, interview maybe that's why no not or exactly i guess because yeah, i didn't do my project ah, <laughs> there you go <laughs> okay i guess that's the that's the reason yeah i didn't uh -huh. realize it like when i was thinking like it was there back in my head that after the conversation i will just do the thing because uh -huh. today is a deadline but then uh -huh. i had that in my head and i guess that's the reason mm. it was showing more red sign. Whereas coming to lower body, it's all about the skin color or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. blue, green, like good emotion color type. Good. All right. All right. Perfect. Perfect. I think we did like a bit of insight building today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little bit. <laughs> yeah. Even like I used to do this thing. Like I remember my, mm -hmm. my sir told me. Whenever we feel extremely bad, I don't know mm -hmm. it is actually in a therapy or something, but it helps me. Whenever mm -hmm. we feel extremely bad or something, he told me to take a pen, like not mm -hmm. that you should buy one, take a pen and write until the pen ink is done. Like oh, write wow, all, the, yeah. all the feelings mm -hmm. is there. And he, and he was like, uh, I know you can't finish the pen, but still mm -hmm. there would be a page where you don't want to go further. And the mm -hmm. problem that you have would be somewhere around the middle of the pages. Read it again. Right. So it is true. So uh, there is this guy, there is a guy called Penny Baker. Hmm. He did a research where he proved that 
if you write for 20 minutes for four days a week that in itself shows a lot of improvement in anxiety or anything that you're facing just in inside building and like it has a major therapeutic value so 20 minutes four times a week that's all you need to do wow so yeah and when a person you know like right now i am at a very good state so i was able to do all this thing but mm-hmm. when a person is really at a bad pace and uh, mm, when and yeah. they come to you and you have to also make them cool down and also mm-hmm. you you have to talk never it happened that they were completely short temper and you got angry but you can't show it off no 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 i don't get angry uh come on you were rebel when you were No, no. Ah, so <laughs> yeah, that exactly. So I resolved those issues as I grew up, and uh, like our training is done in such a way that let's just like uh, if you if you uh, like done your training properly, it is very hard to uh, not to be judgmental. To be very honest, because uh, so our master's program was created in such a way that by the end of first year. uh we would have a mental breakdown like properly oh and uh, we would uh, go through therapy ourselves and we would rebuild so we have seen such darkness within ourselves and in, in our friends that that judgment is no longer there that judgment is absolutely not there so uh i that i don't think i have felt uh any anger towards my clients ever like no matter what they have done uh i have never felt that uh i may have felt upset at some point ke i'm i'm trying this hard like it's not working what should i do but it's not the client's fault again uh but uh, never anger never anger so when a person actually comes so how do you stop uh, your judgment issues like your conditioning mm-hmm. and not try to be biased towards the situation like uh, okay. mm-hmm. like that way like how does a psychologist when we talk to them like because whoever mm-hmm. comes to us right like me personally like if my friend comes to me i can give them solution or i can not as a way that you should do this thing but when mm-hmm. analyzing things we have our own cognitive biases and we do through it and sure. how do you do it without attaching your cognitive biases right 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 so there are uh, uh, there are types of clients that i tend not to see if i know that you know uh, it's too close to my personal life and i may put my views onto them mm-hmm. i refer them to someone else uh, otherwise i don't otherwise as far as i know i don't i, I try to keep uh, so I, whenever i'm talking to my clients as well and, and and if i feel that i am putting in a little bit of myself and not just the therapist i actually very clearly tell them okay so this is me saying it uh, as a friend or something like that not as a therapist i'm saying it uh, from a personal point of view uh, and i i i have been able to manage that difference that as a therapist uh, number one we don't give advice mm. so it is it is primarily listening to them and listening to uh, everything that they need out of their life so it is not my job is at all like for example if somebody wants to get divorced that is not my job to say oh you should not get divorced it is their their decisions i help them come make their decisions in a more informed way in a more stable manner that's it if they don't want to and depending on uh, the outcome 
like what would be the outcome of this decision we make sure that we figure everything out before that so uh, there is very little space for my uh, personal views to come in anyway maybe here and there i as a joke i say something but it is never as a therapist and i actually very clearly uh, you know clearly say it out that uh, i'm just saying this as a joke or i'm just saying this as a person and not a therapist yeah okay okay so and when uh, ever in your life you went through a self doubt issue or a bad failure uh, of issue course. Uh, of course of course i have been depressed like i went through a phase of depression i think 2015 2015 to 16 i had major depressive issues i i went through therapy i was on medication as well uh and that's actually where uh, when i started i started art therapy and i realized art therapy helped me a lot and uh, then i did my course after going through uh, art therapy uh, myself oh. so yeah i mean yeah I, i i have no shame around this there is no stigma all of us go through uh difficult times and it i would be ashamed if i don't work through it but like putting yourself out there actually getting help is uh, is how i think everyone should yeah yeah and forward. that's completely true because the way we treat uh, you know norm- like if you get a typhoid or malaria the way we go hmm. to hospital and treat and we don't feel bad about it instead mm-hmm. go get a treatment If a person mm-hmm. is going through mental health issue, they should also go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and try to sort the issue out Absolutely. rather than thinking in another way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an illness at the end of the day. Go get help. And it's your mind. It is you. You have to take care of yourself and use all the resources that's out there. Why? Like there is no reason to not use these resources. I understand there is stigma and we have to fight it. We... we keep saying that society is this way we are society we are the ones who make society so if you change your friend will change if your friends if two people changes four people will change just start just start where you are yeah that's true completely motivating <laughs> just start yeah, yeah <laughs> and 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 this would be a weird question if a therapist uh-huh. need a therapy where will he go No, no. I also go like uh, I uh, so during the pandemic because I was also struggling with things a little bit. Even I used to go. So it's okay. Like uh, try to find someone who is not in your circle. Uh, I found someone from Kolkata, so I know that like uh, since I work in Bangalore, mm-hmm. we won't connect on another level. So I found someone from there. So just. Uh, if, even if you are a therapist, you can go see a therapist therapist yourself because essentially it's a space for yourself. Essentially, it's just there to like okay, take a breather. All that has happened, mm-hmm. let like just reflect on all that has happened and just take some time for yourself. That's it. Okay. So it's okay. like spa okay, for for your mind. Yeah. In the like, let us end it with this uh, this question that mm-hmm. how. any person like you know you have you have seen many clients and in your own personal experience what are mm-hmm. two or three things that if a person follows he will not deal majorly you know not be too super sensitive to issues uh there is i can't say anything like that because uh, again there are biological factors 
that play a role in mental illnesses as well. Uh, but if biology, I, I'm going to take biology out of the question and answer yeah. this uh, mm-hmm. part. So, for example, you don't have anything genetic, okay. right? You are just a, uh, you don't have uh, genetical uh, genetic issues of um, like or predisposition towards this. Mm. Um, then, a uh, uh, okay. So I think I, I'll just tell you like ten commandments of stress management. I think that would be true. Yeah. I think what to do. Okay. So number one, talk. Talk to people. You genuinely have friends, family where you can share your feelings with. Uh, even if uh, like at least have one person, just one person. Uh, even if you don't have friends or family, find online online forum or a therapist, something to just like talk, to talk about, right? So where like your experiences should not just be in your head. The experiences need to be shared and shared it with someone. Okay, one. Uh, two, active listening. Be one of those people who actively listens, right? And has someone who actively listens to them. So active listening is very important. Three, uh, indulge in hobbies. Do things that make you happy. Do things that, you know, you used to do as a child without, oh, is it productive? Will this get me money? Or will this happen? Or will that happen? None of that. Do it because you enjoy it. That's it. Hmm. Nothing more. Uh, And then avoid drugs and alcohol as much as possible um uh, it, they really affect your health uh, like it's like a credit card essentially it, it will give you joy for a little while and then it will take it uh, take it away and um, oh, of course in mediocre mediocrity it's fine but like if you're using it as a self medicine you know then it's mm. uh, very harmful uh, uh then uh, what else when it comes to stress. okay so something something that we tend to do when it comes to stress or something we try we imagine stress to be bad that is not the case stress can be helpful as well we do need a little bit of stress to be productive if we are not stressed say about an exam or a project that you have why would you do it there is no motivation in it right so stress is again uh six Sleep. Sleep is extremely important. So make sure that you are sleeping regular. Like so, some people need six hours of sleep. Some people need nine hours of sleep. Figure out which one. Where do you lie? And practice it every day. Mm-hmm. No questions. Again, no questions asked. This is something that needs to happen. Sleep is very, very important. Mm-hmm. It helps you regenerate. Dreams help you work through a lot of emotional issues. Uh, within it because you can never die so you there is a lot of things a lot of uh, emotional anxieties that just like get worked around in dreams itself mm. uh, uh, seven diet eat properly regularly uh, diet really helps your mental health uh, uh, all of that uh, then uh, engage in writing journaling stuff like that uh, because again, uh, journaling is uh, like as a habit, and I think you also mentioned this. And yeah, yeah. just yeah, verbalizing, just verbalizing, and having that private space for yourself really, really helps. Um, uh, what did I miss? Let me think about it. 
I think I missed a couple. Uh, let me think. Exercise. Yeah, exercise. For sure. Again, your body is important. And exercise, I know exercise. I'm, I'm one of those people who hate to exercise. So find your thing. Like I like to dance and that's how I, that's what has my uh, exercise. But uh, figure out what works for you, playing sports, maybe whatever it is that works for you and figure that out. And uh, yeah, tend to seek help, seek professional help when you need it. Please do. Because generally, like, and, and I'm not saying that because I'm a therapist and I want more business or anything mm-hmm. like that, but like as a society, uh, we can see that a lot of the ugliness comes out in ways that, uh, like, okay, I'm just going to talk about this, this Sushant Singh Rajput, the whole yeah. Raya Chakrabarti case. This is just people's ugliness coming out. Like for a girl who had like what 50 some 50 grams of weed and like she was just this entire uh, mob lynching online mob lynching that happened uh, uh, like on her. This is this is a darker side of us getting projected onto her that we just imagined that she killed Sushant that we imagined that she injected him with drugs. And because she's a woman or whatever it is. So, like, to see, all of us have darkness. I'm not saying that you are a bad person because you thought that. We all have dark thoughts. But work through them in a healthier, safer manner instead of, you know, projecting them onto someone else and harming someone else. Yeah, that's true. They kind of put their opinions and think that that opinions hmm. are facts. Exactly, exactly. And uh, the whole thing that happened, this is very disturbing for anyone, I feel like the entire uh, media trial that went on for her, she lost her partner to suicide. I I think we completely lost sense of what it means to lose your partner. Do you think we would have behaved this way if she was his wife? I don't know. Like it's just really it, it it is really upsetting to see this and and uh, maybe this happened and if you look at the entire narrative it seems like some movie right like, yeah, yeah completely that, true there is a movie yeah, completely bollywood like, drama but exactly bollywood drama and and maybe like i've been thinking about this maybe because there has been no movies that released during the pandemic, you cannot go out and watch and not everyone has Netflix and Prime. You just made your news your movie and you've brought in every level of I don't know what, right? So there is, you've brought in a drug in, in I don't know, drug angles. You've brought in this girlfriend who was money laundering and what not. And these are all your imagination and these are all coming from a place within you and, and and it's not just people of course media really really you know pumped it out of you milked it out of you but uh, just take a moment and reflect on it like what did you just do to a person and her family what did you just do like you involved three main uh, three to four in fact institutions like major institutions of the country to find what 50 50 grams of weed and it started off as like a money laundering and a uh, abetment to suicide murder case 
so you're j- like putting someone on in jail for smoking weed i mean that's i mean that is just just understand just like smoking weed can be wrong like okay fine drugs smoking uh, you know but yeah. but we all know that that's not what we started off as yeah, and yeah. kind of mm. and it even started off right like uh, his his photos were completely all over whatsapp exactly. and and they started talking about he was in the depression keep like the way it was spread i do know that mm. awareness is important but the way they used him for a media mm. purpose or the way it got released it was really horrible like uh, horrible, then, horrible. yeah even it's on complete, that woman yeah. it, it would be really great like she lost a partner and then now mm. everyone are like completely haunting her without knowing the facts yeah this is modern day sati this is just modern day sati that's what's happening because he died and uh i'm I, I, okay this is my theory again like i'm not saying this is like mm. technically true true but like because we live in a patriarchal society that's how it's done like emotional labor is meant to be done by women in the relationship men are supposed to bring the food and women are supposed to do the emotional labor so if a man goes through an emotional turmoil it is the woman's fault and that's how we see like we actually look at women as rehabilitation centers but women are not rehabilitation centers you cannot put the blame and we don't know if he had any mental disorder or not because uh, genuinely like i don't think uh, that is we really need not know also that we really need not know that is his personal inf- information that is his confidential information and that should stay with his therapist and doctor that need not come out but you cannot just do this to someone you cannot do this to any family or a person at all Uh, completely agreed and at this time only people should actually be aware of what this mental health issues are because when they were talking about sushant also like the way they told that be nice to others uh, mm. this is a time that we understood that being nice is important talk uh, talk in a very good manner but then again right now the way we project on her is completely different it's like uh, irony in the society absolutely and this is your darkness i understand that this is your darkness coming out this is your shadow side coming out and work through yourself like really understand how do you perceive women how do you perceive mental health how do you perceive failure and how do you perceive suicide like yeah. there are you are putting moral connotations to each one of them Yeah. Yeah, I completely agreed. And I really want to thank you not just because for coming in podcast but instead because of you know the awareness you're spreading about the mental health and all and the campaign that you started and I'm also in the part mm-hmm. of Yes, Anirudh. Yes. Uh we still haven't decided on a name yet but let's yeah, decide. I submitted it. Yeah. The name in the form. <laughs> yes. Perfect. So I should like decide on the name and I think from next Tuesday onwards will be Yeah. uh you know starting so thank you anirudh thanks yeah. for having me and, and thanks yeah. for joining the campaign as well yeah yeah thank, thank you, you so much i should thank, thank you, you for sharing this much information and actually telling what the you know the actual scene mm. happening right yeah. now about thank the mental health